0: All Rangers, this is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Ranger Show. bit of a costume change here. Uh, I'm here with Dave McVeigh, of course. Uh, Dave, how the hell are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Phil. Great to be here.
0: Excellent. I just saw you from the future. It's weird. We're having fun here. TK, the general manager of the Free Jacks. how are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks, lads. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. So glad you're able to join us this evening. Let's talk about New Zealand. Your home, uh, away from home. Your native New Zealand. How was your trip down to New Zealand recently? Were you able to scout some up-and-coming uh, talent?
2: Yeah, um, three and a half weeks. Um, it was very cool. We started at the top of the North Island, worked our way down. I think we stopped in or um met, met up with at least 11 different unions all in all between super rugby and npc teams and um a lot of our players and as you guys know and would have seen and um no it was very cool particularly just yeah obviously seeing the the boys playing for you've got the the hoodie on there for mike's team the turbos and <laughs> i was at the game in auckland where they bet uh what would they bet auckland and in, in and um yeah. jp ricky walks you know they were all there so that was yeah pretty pretty, uh, cool. Keith it was pretty awesome
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it was a blast for sure to watch that that was the first time that they had done that I think in Auckland and like the entire uh span of my life they haven't done that in like 40 years or something like that so that was pretty cool Um, super excited for those boys down there in uh, Manawatu specifically that's my new team with all the free jacks down there winning two games which is two better than last year Mike Rogers doing his magic down there Let's talk about um, the MLR draft real quick. I mean, this was a while back at this point, but we haven't heard from you regarding this. Um, Wills was down in Austin as your substitute, but the Jacks were able to draft some legit collegiate talent. Let's talk about all three in terms of why you chose them. Up first, we've got first-round pick, 13th overall, Gabe Casey from the University of Victoria.
2: <clears throat> yeah, Gabe, Gabe's been on and this program recently. Uh, Canadian sevens that is um and he also spent a club season down in Canterbury in New Zealand playing senior men's club rugby there um so he's he's probably a bit of an, an anomaly in the draft with the amount of you know high level experience that he's accumulated he's played a couple of games now for the for the Canadian men's team he started at 12 in the weekend mm-hmm. uh, albeit a, a pretty morbid perform- uh, result um yeah. for them, but I think he he is definitely a guy who can make an impact right from the from from the jump for us mm-hmm. next year
0: excellent um uh, we've also got second round pick 23rd overall Junior Gaffa from right in our backyard here in New England Brown University
2: yeah Junior obviously we've had it, uh our eyes on Junior for a while he's played for the independence played for the collegiate independence and press mm-hmm. for both of those teams played uh, age grade rugby for the US um and he's it's been a long time between drinks for Junior mm-hmm. he's played obviously a lot of Amer- American football um but he's he's athletic he's strong and we're just really keen to invest in him and and kind of give him the the platform and runway to hopefully have a really um prosperous career uh with with us hopefully for a long time and, and mm-hmm. hopefully at the international level too
0: yeah, Junior's been fantastic. He came on the show a couple months back at this point. Really enjoyed talking to him. Great young man. And then finally, we've got, um, uh, let's see here, we got Chevy. Uh, certainly, you know, last but not least, this guy is a second-round pick, 26th overall. Uh, Will Chevalier, Um, we call him Chevy, I guess, is the best way to put it. He's from Indiana University. What do you think about Chevy?
2: Yeah, Chevy, we're excited about Will. Um, he's well and truly in the mixer with the sevens at the moment, kind of contesting for the last couple of spots for Mm -hmm. residency in Trula. Um, Mm -hmm. but we've kind of given him the license to come in and out, you know, depending on his availability and Mm -hmm. we're supportive of the sevens program and of his desire to do sevens, but uh, we, we think he's got potential as a halfback in fifteens as well, so we're keen to right. get him, get him with us, w- when and if he can, um, and we'll probably find out a bit more information in a couple of weeks as to where he stands with the sevens.
0: Sure. Uh, but
2: really nice, yeah, really nice kid um, from Chicago, isn't he? So he's only a short plane ride from us.
0: Absolutely. Um, We had talked prior to the draft. I don't know if it was on the show or just in person about the possibility of having some homegrown talent uh, that would possibly avoid the draft where you guys would have sole rights on them. Was there any development with that?
2: Yeah. So we found out a bit more about that this year because we were weighing up with some of the, like, Matt Antisev was one um, who went to L.A., Mm -hmm who was drafted by LA and went to Dartmouth. Um, he, he trained for us um, in that like-out. We have quite a well-rounded uh, annual, um, I guess, periodization and series of fixtures and competitive playing and training opportunities for our players in the sort of A side under-23 level. Yep. Um, and Matt had been involved in an, a lot of that. Um, but what you need to declare them as homegrown before and contract them before the championship game Okay. this year we had so much going on before the championship game right that kind of probably um I probably let it slip a little bit to be honest um so yeah now we know and what we've got to do if we want to list players as homegrown and it's just it's quite a big decision to make in the heat of the moment you know particularly Mm -hmm. if you're playing at that period of time so absolutely um we didn't feel like we could do it in time this year but um yeah we got junior all the same so
0: very good. Yeah, excellent to get Junior, a great rugby player in his own right, uh, to stay home here in New England uh, by drafting him. We've talked about this previously, but for those that may not have, you know, heard this question or maybe missed this last time that we talked about it with in regards to the draft, do you draft based on talent available still on the board or team need? Um, good, Really good question.
2: Uh, generally for us, like we do rank them and sort of um, – in our rankings one through say 42 Mm -hmm. um and sometimes beyond that um and typically we would weight that towards our needs you know our positional needs and sort of what we're looking for but sometimes you would draft a player because they're the best available option like will chevalier would probably be a good example of that we felt like he was the best option at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, gabe casey as well the best option at the time um so, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I think that's a good approach. I don't think you want to get stuck in one philosophy uh, drafting because, you know, that could get you into trouble. You want to be flexible with that for sure. Uh, at this point, um, multiple additions to the squad, over 10 at this point, have been announced for the squad. A lot of the Rangers' number one dream in the offseason, you know, after winning the championship, of course, is to retain every single player in the squad, but that's just not realistic, obviously. What percentage of retained players are in this squad for 2020?
2: yeah good good question you'll you'll be able to do the math and work out which ones have been cold and <laughs> which yeah. ones are staying on board yeah next um but no we're, we'll be uh sort of around or upwards of 65 percent, so 65 plus percent uh retention which we're mm-hmm. pretty happy with like i'd i'd, ha- I'd uh, hazard a guess that that's probably as high as any team uh has been in mlr because it's just so hard with the long off season to yeah you know, to retain high levels of players. Um, But, yeah, around that.
0: I mean, it's not terrible, right? I mean, obviously, one hundred is the the goal, but uh, you know, you know, maybe next year 80, 70, something like that, you know, would be good because we, we just love these guys. Obviously, as fans, we fall in love with each one of these guys, and we want them to stay here. But that's not always the best opportunity for them. It's kind of a bittersweet thing that we all have to deal with at the moment with M.L.R. Let's talk about some new additions to the squad. One of the, these guys, I'm just over the moon with because, uh, you, you know, you're a fan of the show, you're. Our fifth outrider, I know that you have heard me say that I really wanted last year for us to pick up Kyle Bailey and lo and behold, you know, he is the guy that we get, um, because you know, Josh Larson went down last year, and I was like, man, Kyle Bailey's just out there. He's not signed with anybody right now, or he's not attached to it with anyone. And then lo and behold, he goes to one of our hated rivals, DC. And we saw him play last year. He's just an absolute gritty warrior out there. And, of course, the big signing, the Chilean captain, Martin Segrin, who's going to be on the show sometime soon. Talk about these guys coming in in 2024, these big, big-name signings
2: yeah kyle um was an interesting one last year we we looked at him long and hard uh and we actually conducted a medical report on him which he didn't pass at the time um so that's why we didn't bring him on board he he was coming off a broken foot and we weren't sure that it was um we thought it was at a well it was highly likely it was going to re-injure um Mm -hmm. So we opted not, but obviously he proved proved us wrong. Uh, like I said when I caught up with him over this off season and, right. and uh, offered him an opportunity to come on board. So we're pumped about Kyle. Uh, obviously he's highly respected across his MLR veteran. He's played um, a lot of international rugby, and and we're yeah pumped about what he can bring to our second row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Martin is another leader. Like they're both leaders. Those two you talked about, Martin yep. Um We watched him at the Rugby world cup and the lead up to it obviously with the heartbreak that we had with the eagles and not qualifying um and our coaches were all really impressed with all of his actions and involvements um on both sides of the ball he's super aggressive like i said he's a leader he's a good aerialist he's sort of everything we were looking for in our blindside flanker Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think those boys will bring a fair bit of um yeah a good energy into the into the team a bit of new blood
0: Absolutely. I'm super excited for both of those guys. But of course, there's a, a multiple additions that we could all kind of sink our uh, teeth into in this offseason to read up on and get more and more excited about. Uh, speaking of additions, let's talk about a new assistant coach. Uh, Palm Semina um, made a great impression in the show a couple weeks back. Talk about the hiring process for Palm and what stood out about him.
2: Yeah, so Pom, um, as you guys uh, know, as you well know, he, he's a good friend of Ryan Martin's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan's been pushing him for a, for a long time. And we've been in discussion from with him for a long time as well. And he's obviously been contracted with the Rebels at Super Rugby level, which is, you know, a really, really a great position that he's been in as defence coach essentially the past year. Um, he, he essentially had that portfolio um, to himself, which is cool um he is multi-talented he can look after forwards, set piece um D he's a as you got into he's a he's a um combat uh, expert as well mm-hmm. um but I think most importantly he he's also got those soft skills and ability to connect with players and he really places a lot of time and effort into into those areas so we're really pumped about about Palmer. I think he's a great fit for us in our group. Um, with losing Mike, I think he replaces um, some of the things that we'll lose with losing Mike too. So, right. um, yeah, I think he'll be a great a great addition.
0: Yeah, when we were listening to him, I was just kind of nodding my head as he was talking about his coaching style, and it really made me think of um, Mike Rogers uh, in the in the way he approaches things. So that, that's pretty exciting to get a guy come in here that um, that kind of has the same philosophy um as mike in those senses so that it's kind of like a seamless transition uh with him jumping in so that's pretty pretty cool to continue with that type of um pedigree if you will or that resume um let's talk about um a few of the mystic games i was at a couple of those uh over this past season for them in the uh, ARP. And I know that you and Wills were there for one of the games. We talked, uh, chatted ourselves up there. But uh, we came up a little bit short, uh, Mystic River did, against Life. There were some current Free Jacks and former Free Jacks getting some off-season rugby in uh, with some of those guys there in Mystic. And some of them were just unattached uh, at this point. Uh, do you think we could see some of these Mystic River players on the Independence or even the free Jacks roster in 2024?
2: Yeah. Oh, well, it's been showing that most definitely you, you, you can and probably will. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got a December camp. We, we always have a winter camp a high performance camp of uh, some of the best club and collegiate players. So our coaches have been reviewing those games and um, there've been a number of those players that have been invited to our camp and, um, yeah, there's um, yeah a couple that are that are unattached, and uh, we're definitely looking at them um, for, for for potentially next year. So,
0: okay, yeah. that's very encouraging. Uh, always appreciate those guys. You know, Dougie Fife jumping in there is pretty wild to see a you know a uh, Six Nations try scorer playing for Mystic is just like what uh, I mean so so cool and then obviously Mitch Wilson a current Eagle uh fitting back in there at 15 from time to time is wild to see so very very cool very happy for those guys you know Kane is a buddy of mine at this point uh the head coach what a great guy he is um yeah. so yeah um, yeah well,
2: but, uh, he does a lot of great work for us and like it's so we're so blessed to have a such a strong program to be able to for guys to be able to continue like a guy like Tavita Soleil, sole yes who's on the residency pathway Working to become US qualified for him to be able to keep playing high level rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, you no, know, as we're really lucky to have have Mystic and the guys that invest their time and effort into that.
0: Hundred uh, percent. Go goals, go blue. And with that, I'm going to let uh, Dave take over.
1: All right, I gotta say, go green and orange, Charles River. Just on the subject of Boston area rugby, but I respect Mystic and can't. Uh, You know, can't disrespect them. I, I, the way I explain it to everybody is like, well, there's one club that's better than everybody else in New England. That's Mystic. And they have to leave New England to find clubs that are, you know, competitive with them. And then everybody else has fun playing in New England and we stay pretty local. Um, but shifting focus back to the Free Jacks, um, you know, my top priority every offseason is the front row uh something that in past years um has looked like a little bit of a focus in the draft and then this year we've already seen a couple really high quality new signings announced for the front row um both coming from within the mlr and from overseas so how are both sides of that coming the development side of those young players um who've been coming through and who can we expect to see a big impact from in the front row in
2: 2024? Yeah, no, great question. Um, yeah, so we, we always try to carry a fair bit of depth in our front row because as you, as we've seen in, in the league, if, if you don't and you get unlucky with the injury bug, you can be in trouble pretty quickly. So um, that's always been a priority, as you've said there, um, and you try to always have a bit of like the different um ends of the spectrum as well. So you're top end internationals, like you say, you're top end domestic players, you're developing domestic players, and then the likes of a Tavita Sole who's um with us for the long term as well and and just mm-hmm. um biding his time developing and and pushing some of those international players. So uh we've got ivan like ivan puller as a good example um whether or not he might go spend some time with the hawks again to continue uh getting some game time this season but we're definitely excited about uh his potential um i think scotty's really excited about jr john roy jenkinson uh the big uh tight head he's with Narbonne at the moment um and the pro d2 uh playing Um, So, I mean, he's been arguably the form tight head in the competition. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Just immovable as a three, which is exactly what you want
1: a tight head to be. Just so dependable in the scrum.
2: Yep. No, 100%. And then, um, you know, I think Fozzie is a guy that's probably um, done a fair bit of time. um, And I think he's in a well-positioned to have a really big season uh, with us. And then we've got a, a bit of new blood in the front row with our internationals malachi hella from um phil's turbos and um (laughs) helen and sean ralph um they're both super mobile players who will bring a bit of a point of difference to us obviously losing mills um to super rugby um we needed a hooker replacement so yeah no, pretty excited about the front row boys excellent yeah it looks
1: looks pretty great to me and of course we're um, you know, assuming we're retaining a lot of what was a very solid front row, you know, last year as well. So respect to those guys who've been in the trenches the whole time. Um, tell us a little more about the winter training group that's coming up. Um, you talked about it already just in terms of getting invites out. Is that um, the open group that's starting up in the new year or are those two different development groups?
2: Oh, so this will be, like, more senior team focused. Um, right. Okay. In December, yeah, so it'll be, uh, yeah, I think you're referring to Wheels' winter development. Um, yeah,
1: yeah we'll- I wanted to talk about both. I wanted to make
2: sure and talk about both um, of them. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, awesome. No, for sure. I, like, I think Wheels has been doing awesome work around the clock um, with, uh, like, I mean, it's the probably the most built out um. You know academy quasi academy system in the league and um i think for us to be able to we, we're partnering with the y and expanding that partnership with the local ymca they've got an awesome turf space just down the road from us so we've got access to that on sundays and we're able to run a program for um our under 18 and is it 18 and 16 i'd have to double check uh a- athletes so that's really cool great opportunity for them to be working with our players and coaches and be getting be, be developing their skills and having a bit of fun um, so that, that's exciting um, in the winter months and then the December campers uh, will have roughly 10 12 of, of our contracted athletes in uh, and then another 20 plus, Uh, club and collegiate players Um, and that's often where we do you know locate guys that might come in for a year as a development player then they make the step to being contracted the following year so it's another awesome touch point for us to get guys in front um, you know of Scott and the coaches Um, we've also got a couple of boys coming in from say the sevens program the USA sevens program which we're really excited to have a look at them Um, and, and that's a new thing that we haven't done in the past. So. Oh, that's pretty exciting for this one, too.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good connection to have. The USA 7s, is uh, they have a, a handful of good athletes over there, so that'll be exciting. Is this, for some of the local talent, is this going to be their first taste of what um, athletic performance really looks like at like the MLR level? Or is it a pretty
2: tough session
1: for some of these guys?
2: Yeah, so we'll do three field sessions uh, based around – a typical working schedule so you know evenings uh in the bubble and then we'll try to get on the stadium for one session a week as well um over the weekend and then we've got our four gym sessions uh with George Petrakos. so those that can make it will certainly get a pretty eye-opening experience as to what to expect once they yeah get welcomed into our program
1: that's fantastic that's about when I washed out of uh, football in Georgia down south I was like in high school and so i was like guys this is not i want to run around on a field i don't want to be in a basement moving yeah. iron i know i lose a lot of credibility with the uh, tough guys who listen when i say that but that's the honest truth <laughs> uh <clears throat> excellent um i know you have a big cornhole tournament coming up uh so my question is who is the ace who is mr dependable
2: throwing those bags uh not wheels wheels has been abysmal um like really bad like we're we're at like a 25% win rate if that and I think if we didn't have wheels we'd be closer to 50 but he just he's abysmal Mike Bonapane as he should be you know uh um head of medical he's thrown a lot of a lot of sacks in his in his career and he should be good and he's been all right um probably inconsistent sometimes he Mm. he gets distracted he's got a phone and when he gets a notification he gets he gets distracted um (laughs) and i've been improving like it took me a while to find my straps but this past week i felt like i was just about just about right so yeah we're getting we're getting right for playoffs which is good
1: excellent excellent are you able to just play cornhole with some friends or are you also tom kindly gm of the cornhole team you have to think of everybody in terms of these, like, well, you know, he's got these strengths, you know, and he's got these strengths. We're we're putting together a team.
2: Oh, we definitely have a laugh. We definitely have a laugh about it. Like everyone's getting criticised and uh, we crit critiquing everyone's form and stuff. Uh, so it's pretty <laughs> it's been a pretty hard case. But uh, you no, know, I've definitely tried. It's been really enjoyable actually, just one night a week to get out and you know do something a little bit different um, away from not thinking about rugby for a couple of hours. You know. Yeah, excellent.
1: Yeah. Uh, I asked some of the fans and listeners what they would ask you and they came up with some very good questions. So I'm going to shift into a few of those. So this first one is from Oso on the discord and he asked what he said he would like to know what you think we can do to develop more American fly halves. Not very many American 10s are getting lots of minutes in MLR, unlike most other positions. Um, So they exist, but they're just not solidly making the 23 with a lot of frequency. So what do you think? Do you think something needs to change? Do you think it's just that position takes more time to develop and so is lagging behind other positions? What's your take on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um and I know USA Rugby's played around with some stuff like that, a fly half clinic. I know they had Tig Leader that was driving that. They had remote sessions with up and coming fly halves. But I think you're right, Dave. I think it's just time in the saddle. Like, I think um, a byproduct of having 13 plus CMLR teams should be the trickle down effect. And ideally, high school kids are coming and watching and getting exposed to a level of rugby and, and detail that they haven't seen before. Um, and then they're able to get more repetition on top of their high school rugby with uh, additional op- playing opportunities. I think it's just we've got to provide more and more playing opportunities for for kids, you know, um, to, to see pictures. Obviously, the level of coaching and stuff as well. Um, we need to try to, like, I know that's going to be something that we push this um, cycle here is our coach development piece, which we've done bits and pieces of in the past, but we need to put something far more, uh, concrete in place uh, to make sure that we're able to, you know, disperse information to as many coaches as possible, to get it to as many kids as possible, and improve the the coaches' um, abilities too. So yeah, it's probably a, a long-winded answer, but something like that. No, it's good. I think it is kind of a complicated. It's proven to be a
1: complicated problem to solve. So yep. clearly, the you know whatever answer to the question is going to need to be. Uh...
2: Yeah. yeah well there aren't many others like aj mcginty we got luke cardi they're both irish um harrison yeah. Boyle's was as qualified uh yeah. you know there, there aren't too yeah. many that are out and out american yeah
1: yeah i saw somebody asking about harrison on so, on social media i don't remember where the other day but it was on the topic of like american fly halves they're like where's where's harrison Boyle? where's he at like we need these guys um, <clears throat> next question also from Oso. If you could delete one law, just remove it from rugby, what would it be?
2: Delete one law. Uh, it was law. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, yeah. Good, good question. <laughs> good question. I was watching, thinking the other day that, um, uh, someone had a good one. Uh, let's start let's start back to you give me a bit more time to thank dave what would your yeah. what would your law be uh
1: would what and... would mine be um you know what drives me crazy is guy kyle bailey is actually incredibly good at this when people are trapped in the mall and because they're bound in by other people they can just like freely wheel around and flail and reach for the ball and it mm. often i find it often like kills what was going to be like a productive mall that would have produced positive play, even if it wasn't going forward. And I would, I would delete that. I would be, I would be more strict about calling that changing your binding. That's how I would adjust things, which might be wrong, but that's my bugbear. Yeah.
2: Nice. Um, yeah, like I think probably that, like our game isn't all that stop start compared to like an American football, is it? Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously that the scrum, the scrum reset um piece which hasn't been too bad in mlr the last couple of years but potentially something around i know they've played around with that with you've got two opportunities then the referee's got to make a call which makes it challenging for the referee and um but you know maybe something around that yeah definitely
1: um <clears throat> on the same topic what do you think about the bunker system from the previous world cup incorrectly disallowed tries aside we want we won't address those but uh the in general being able to go to yellow and then a a off-field review and the use of the bunker do you think that was effective or something to move on from
2: yeah like there's a lot of conversation around around it, wasn't there like i don't that's interesting i think there's a lot of negative comments but the um the outcomes for the most part were pretty accurate i felt like but i think the big issue was potentially that they were just going to it so often and losing losing faith in the referee and the referee is losing sort of power and decision making ability which i think is maybe the big thing so maybe i know someone had, had a good suggestion that maybe it's only when the the referee calls for it you know yeah um but, yeah, I think the yellow-red card thing probably makes sense. But then, obviously, there's going to be no red cards because the referee is just going to go yellow and see if it gets upgraded so he doesn't have to make a wrong decision. Right. Yeah, you save the. I guess you get to save the reds for
1: the really obvious. The stuff yeah. that doesn't happen much anymore, right? The, the genuine promise. punch. That's, those, that's still an easy red. But everything else, you're just going to go, yeah, you know what? Why don't you, with all the screens and the cameras, decide if this is yellow or red? um from john does your recruitment process stay the same or change as your goals might shift from season to season so like this season we're coming out of a championship for example um does that alter your process at all
2: yeah um i think over time we're trying to waste our our player group uh towards more um american and canadian qualified players so we had 12 foreign spots it's no secret that we had 12 foreign spots this past year this year we've only got 10 which i think is uh, at this stage we've only got 10 i should say which mm-hmm. is which is a healthy thing <laughs> phil's laughing we don't have that we don't have <laughs> on the way yet phil but um yeah which i think is a healthy thing right like and i think everyone wants to head in that direction um we just need to be doing the work um, from the ground up, so that we actually have quality players to fill those voids when they when they come up, um, and and or are working players through our system. Um, but aside from that, like our recruitment model has been pretty, I think, consistent from from the get go, where we we've been looking for players that are really motivated to um, to develop and aspirational, and and typically maybe on the younger side for a lot of our players um, compared to some of the other teams and. Um, that's often sort of correlate or has or culminated rather in really tight knit groups, um, which is really important to us as a team. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll you know, we're going to keep the status quo there for the time being. Excellent.
1: Um, this one is from Chris and he asks Has there been any internal word on raising the salary cap? And if so, do you feel that the uh, how do you feel about the transparency between the league and fans around the issue of player – I don't know, issue, but around, like, player salary? I, I mean, I can say as somebody who, you know, does interviews and talks to players and tries to stay current, <clears throat> it's difficult at times to know um, – in season, it's pretty easy to get rosters. It's pretty established. But looking at things like contract links, like who's still under mm-hmm. contract and who's not, is difficult. You end up just going back and like looking for news articles about it to see if it yeah. mentions the length of contract. And outside yeah. of that, you know, there's nothing. Then, of course, salary is a black box to fans. Um, yeah. I guess he's thinking as it, as the league grows and as that number gets bigger, does that change, do you think?
2: great question and i've actually had a lot of internal dialogue around your point there dave um the salary cap has increased um slightly most years um and there is there an appetite to increase it from owners uh do they want to 100 percent, they want to pay players every dollar they can but i think with the rate that most teams are losing money it's not realistic that there's going to be big increases in the near future is probably the the correct answer. Um, Mm. And then in regard to like contract length and stuff, um, we've had internal discussions around that and and whether it's even worth sharing that information, like in a lot of occasions, we might sign a foreign player for three years, but there's a chance they may not come back because they might get a super rugby contract or they might just Mm. get homesick. So does that just um, confuse a, you know a fan if if he's on a three-year contract but middle center ribby isn't coming back for the third year for example you know Mm. um but yeah i think i think there can be definitely improvements made to that um and i think like our our, um strategy this year is to announce all of our uh new players uh and then announce the full team um with any storylines that might go with it so um to try to Sort of change the way we do it so it's not like re signed and people aren't getting the hyphen right as like, yeah, signed or re signed, right. and it's just all super confusing. So, we've just tried to kind of simplify that this year. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> how
1: much have you heard about the LA situation that just hasn't reached fans yet? So, not asking, he's Chris clarifies he's not asking for details but can you speak to things just being more in order behind the scenes than they appear to fans? Um, I added blink twice. If LA is alive,
2: (laughs) I try and always try to not incriminate myself. um, I'm I'm actually uh, friends with the um, chief executive of LA. uh, Who's a guy called Pete sickle. Who's been calling me relatively regularly to kind of get information as to what we do. And, um what's a good practice for this and that and, and I, from all accounts it looks like they're charging ahead and um I think there has been some sort of hold up I'm not sure whether the the Israel thing obviously there's some joint yes. ownership with Tel Aviv I'm not sure whether um that's maybe slowed some stuff down but um to me it seems like they're full go um obviously Regan O'Gorman's going there so I hope they are um, <laughs> so, certainly yeah yeah
1: and it's uh uh i think it's still funny seeing like that the atlanta logo on like official things <laughs> that, when like ml i mean i understand you can't they don't have anything else to use there hasn't been no. any official thing announced so for now it's better than you know placeholder or a question mark or something like
2: that no i definitely uh, say like it's not good enough you know like to not have a logo and you know you've got a it's not good enough but at least there's a team, you know, there's, there was a solution for a problem, which was Atlanta, which had no ownership. So right. it's a good, it's a good outcome. And just hopefully it can all come together for, for those players. Yep.
1: And we've seen the league prove to be pretty flexible uh, in the past. So uh, I'm not too worried about it from that standpoint. And like from an MLR as a whole standpoint, I don't think it's a major concern, but I think people are excited to see a, a, a team back in LA. I know I am. Um, with lots of roster moves already announced, do you feel much pressure from other teams, particularly as
2: defending champions? Um, Do I? No, not, no, not, I don't, to be honest. Um, not because, like <laughs> <laughs> Phil loves it. eating yeah, it up. Yeah. Uh, not because, yeah. not because I'm not cautious of other teams getting better and stuff. Cause of course they are going to be right. But um, yeah, because we've got so much to do to continue to get better as an organization and so much infrastructure and, and so many systems that we need to improve that are so time-consuming like this off season's been the first time that we haven't been moving facility so it's allowed us to, to explore some new partnerships which are going to be great for our players and do some stuff that we haven't done in the past um, or haven't had the time to do in the past um, so it's just been full steam ahead like getting our um, our stuff in order and not being too, wo- too worried about anyone else. Yeah. Nice.
1: You feel like you're hit. I mean, you're obviously making changes and doing new things, but you feel like you're hitting a groove as well, like settling in and, you know,
2: you're not changing locations anymore. Or you feel really stable. Yeah. It's probably the, fir- the first year where it's been like sort of life is normal. Um, over there hasn't been like, like you say, colossal changes. Uh, like last year we were bringing down with the media guy, helping lay the floor for the facility (laughs) and like we only just hit we only just had things ready to go the last two years for players so um we've got better and better at you know professionalizing the experience for our players which is really important for me um yeah nice
1: um do you see the league-wide power creep you know just teams continually getting better as we've seen year after year do you think that's going to continue like pretty linearly in the foreseeable future? Or do you think it's going to level off because um, it just has kind of a, a natural progression that way?
2: Good question. You mean all teams?
1: Yeah, overall. Because, I mean, I think we've seen even teams. We've seen a lot of teams that have gotten better year to year and not been able to, like, produce any thing in terms of like postseason and hardware right like i think like nola who has like gotten better but can't make i I know phil's (laughs) thinking that like it's not that they haven't improved at all they've improved it's just everybody else has improved faster and it's hard to keep up
2: do you think that's gonna continue to be a factor in mlr yeah I i think teams are gonna um uh, look to replicate the models. Scotty and I were talking about it the other day. They're going to look to replicate models that have worked for other teams, whether that's staffing structure or squad build-outs. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I think to answer your question, they will get better and better year to year. The hard thing in MLR is continuity, as you guys have pointed out, with your players, but also your staff. So I think yeah. if you've got big turnover in your staff, it makes it super difficult. Um, and we've, you know, we've been super lucky to have essentially the same staff uh, for this will be our third season now, um, which is huge, you know. Um, so, yeah, they but they are getting better. Um, the, the tough thing will be the domestic players. Um, yeah. You know, if we want to, we've got an additional team this year. That means there needs to be an extra 20-plus domestic players. Where do they come from? Who are they? Are they, you know all collegiate players or all 18 to 23 year olds we need to um collectively work really hard to make sure we're developing enough domestic players because obviously there's an appetite to continue to expand the league but um to do that like you know we're gonna face some scarcity of supply pretty quickly yeah that makes sense it's a
1: it's a pressure i think most fans don't consider you know the just literally the personnel standpoint like are the are the people there or do we know where they are and who they are to be able to do that I mean teams fans are clamoring for teams and you know you could name four five American cities that people really want a major league rugby team in but like you said five five cities that's a hundred plus domestic rugby players who are playing in major league rugby now that's a, that's a lot of guys to go out and and train up and scare up and all that yeah <clears throat> All right, you knew something stupid was coming, and it's here. You are the general manager of Free Jacks, TK. So I want to ask you some questions about uh, being a general manager of BK, Burger King. So we're playing Not My Job, which we played with Walks when he was on. We asked him about full, football fullbacks. But you're getting questions about the king, Burger King, Multiple choice, uh, except for one bonus question, which uh, is fill-in-the-blank. But here's your first one. In 2010, in the United Kingdom, Burger Kings offered a limited edition Whopper with what special holiday topping? Was it A, roast duck, B, Brussels sprouts, or C, candy canes? Wow.
2: (laughs) Well... Uh, what was A
1: again? A was roast duck. Yeah. B is Brussels sprouts and C is candy canes.
2: Nah, no, I'm going to maybe go B Brussels sprouts.
1: That is correct. It was Brussels sprouts. They offered it for a few days in 2010. I don't imagine it was popular. I don't know, maybe Brussels sprouts are a holiday dish in England. Um we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They ate a lot of weird stuff. Wow. All right. Next question. Burger King was one of the first fast food chains to use cross promotional advertising, partnering with what major movie which was released in 1977? Is it A, Smokey and the Bandit, B, Disney's The Rescuers, or C, Star Wars? Say Star Wars. That is correct, although those are all 1977. Box office hits. Are you familiar with Smokey and the Bandit? No, I'm not. I oh, you might have to watch it. It is a story about a 1977 Pontiac Trans Am and an 18 wheeler working as a team to smuggle beer from Texas to Atlanta. Sounds great. It is an excellent, awful action movie. Um, <laughs> last question. We still got a bonus question. When Burger King rolled out a new menu item in 2016, What rap icon performed in their internal video training video to promote the new item to Burger King staff? Was it A, Snoop Dogg promoting Burger King hot dogs? Was it B, 50 Cent promoting supersizing your meal for 50 cents? Or was it C, Chance the Rapper promoting the new just-take-a-chance menu item where you just get whatever the kitchen has too much of
2: at the moment? (laughs) Uh, I mean, logic would tell me maybe it might be A, because there's been a B and then a C, but then I don't know if you'd do that. I think it could be, I think B sounds like hot dogs, corn dogs. I'm not sure that sounds entirely right. So I'm going to go B again began
1: no it was snoop Dogg promoting hot dogs oh, wow. burger king briefly had hot dogs and you can go on youtube and search snoop dog burger king and you will find the internal training video which has it's like two minutes long it doesn't tell you anything about the hot dogs it's just snoop dog hyping hot dogs in a yeah. burger king while people like look on with a weird look it's pretty well produced All right, your bonus point question. You got two out of three right, which is good enough to win. I don't know what you win, but you won. But for a bonus point, can you tell us what name Burger King goes by in Australia?
2: Oh, um, um, is it like, no, oh, I'm going to know it when you tell me, but is it like the crown or something like that? I can give you a clue. Okay. It is,
1: it somehow ties in to your occupation. Uh, Hungry Jacks. It is Hungry Jacks. That is correct. Well done. Well done. Yeah, they go by Hungry Jacks in Australia. Same logo, just instead of Burger King, it says Hungry Jacks. It's weird. Australians, weird. Uh, very weird. Very weird. I, I tried when researching. I tried to figure out if Hungry Jack's was also in New Zealand, and it didn't look like it was because I couldn't get any like results. So I thought I was pretty safe. Otherwise, that would have been a, a real easy question, I think. Um, that's it for me. Thank you for your patience uh, talking Free Jack's, talking Burger King. It's always a great time, TK. Um, I'll give it back to Phil, but it's been good talking to you.
2: No, good man, thanks, Dave.
0: Appreciate that. TK. You've been so gracious with your time here, man. I, I really appreciate it. You know, this is our 100th episode extravaganza here, so so you know, you've been a huge part of this show, you're the record holder. I don't think anybody's ever going to beat you, uh, in terms of appearances on this show as a guest. Um, you're I really feel like you are a part of the Outriders essentially, you are the fifth outrider. I always joke about that to you, but I really feel that like you're a part of this, this, uh, you know. Uh, jack's ranger show family um so i just wanted to allow you to speak directly to the rangers the hardcore listeners of the show and the hardcore fans of the free jacks what do you have to say to them
2: yeah no well first congratulations 100 episodes is no main feat it's a huge amount of time and effort that uh all of you have committed but obviously um especially you phil so a massive thank you um I really enjoy uh, your quick wit and, and your, 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 uh, your sharp tongue, Phil, and then your um, rugby brain and acumen, uh, Dave, is, is excellent. Um, Bozo's uh, humour, like it's, it's honestly really enjoyable to listen to my Thank wife. You. Uh, gets driven mad because i often have it just playing while i'm folding the you know (laughs) folding the laundry and she's like do you really are you really like do you not listen to enough rugby Uh, (laughs) but like for for me and for us like it really really makes it worthwhile like to continue to do this um and and pour the time and effort and into what we love to do um because we know that it's appreciated and you know people really want us to succeed and um, they really want this team to do well, and you know that's super. And when, when it does go well, and or when they can see good things, then that's so awesome to you know see it put smiles on people's faces, and, and that's what you guys do too with with the shows. So yeah, hundred episodes is, is like amazing. You've got you got sponsors on board. Like who would have thought it? <laughs> it's all guys. I remember you gave me the sticker, and I didn't know who you were sitting yeah. in the um, oh yeah yep. table with Ryan Martin.
0: That's right.
2: Um, yep. So, yeah, what what a ride it's been and it's going to, you know, continue to um, you know, climb from here and um, yeah, just a massive thank you from me to to all the rangers and and the Jax Rangers show.
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. I just want to throw in there because you mentioned the sponsor. It is Incafy. This is an Incafy interview. Uh, make sure you get all of your screen printing and embroidery done through Incafy, incafy.com. They'll take care of your local small business. Keeps everything in house, uh, and mention the show TJRS, and you'll get fifteen percent off your entire order. That's a hell of a deal yeah. right there. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on here, Dave. We were just talking about you know the journey that we've been on, and and you know we'll continue to talk about it in this episode uh, a little bit Absolutely. later on, and the extravaganza there at Bozo's house. So. Uh, just everybody out there, thank you for watching this. TK, you're amazing. Dave, you're amazing. Thank you so much, guys. I've got one for one word for everybody to get out of here. In three, two, one, huzzah! huzzah. Woo!